Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, we are live. Um, no Natalie today because she's half term. She's away with the kids, but I'm joined by the amazing Johnny. How are you doing, Johnny? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very well, thank you. I Big like intro, that one. Big intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm doing well. Doing well. Still, still in sunny England, as you can see, in the warehouse. <laughs> Take... Not, not quite graduated to uh, south of uh, southern Europe yet. Not yet, not yet. Guessing a, a warehouse manager to to stick seems to be harder than I thought. I originally thought, but uh, yeah, one day, one day we'll, we'll get a, a manager in, <laughs> which I think is one of is a you know it's a simple job, but for some reason just just struggling to to get the right person. But yes, yeah, yes, I, I think don't... I think as well. You you're all at a very bad time in terms of the general recruitment market. It's tough. I think it's a lot of, it's challenging. I think the general recruitment is hard. You know, getting candidates is hard. Getting good people is hard. You know, people, um, because um, my wife's currently trying to recruit and they're finding it difficult to find good quality candidates. I think a lot of people as well, there's been a lot of talk recently about quit to kind of increase your salary. Obviously, a lot of people are feeling the pinch. Cost of living's always going up. So I think there's a lot of kind of like in the recruitment industry, a lot of people kind of, just seeing what's out there without actually any serious intention of moving or just getting an offer in order to increase their own salary. So there's a lot of time being wasted in the recruitment industry. Um, if anybody on here is in the recruitment industry who can shed any insight to this, but yeah, definitely. I think it's challenging from that sort of perspective to find good quality candidates. Yeah. I think if you move jobs a lot or try and optimize that, you can slowly increase your salaries and keep getting, more buffers, increased salaries all the time with that more, more experience. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a weird one because it shouldn't be too hard to to find. It's quite an. I, I do think it's an easy job. I, I don't think it's too difficult, really, uh, in sort of warehouse management and what we do. You know, it's you know, understanding basic compliance in a warehouse, so understanding health and safety. You know, manual handling, you yeah. know, how to run like fire drills and stuff, like sort of basic stuff, which you could probably learn in a month or so. And apart from that, it's just sort of like knowing how to properly run sort of disciplinaries. It's not crazy hard sort of job to do. Um, and apart from that, it's just, you know, I guess a better manager would, you know, optimize the warehouse uh, and, and help in that way. But you know, that's sort of my job to be honest, isn't it really? It's, it's our yeah. job to, to optimize. Um, as an entrepreneur, we want to, yeah, we want to, we want to work on, if we don't want to work in the business, we want to work on the business and then be creative, be the creative one where they do the operational boring stuff. As yeah, in... absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things I've learned recently is that the skill set of an entrepreneur doesn't always make a good manager. You know, the, the skill set of a manager is different to the skill set of an entrepreneur. People who 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 spot opportunities, create businesses, um, that is a different skill set to actually running the business day to day. And I think that, you know, recognizing that's really important as as a as a business owner. Yeah. Um, Chris has joined us. Chris says, uh, his brother is in recruitment. Uh, says although most of the people he does with the six figure salaries at the moment, although it's quite busy at the moment. So um, yeah, someone else is loving the high vis. <laughs> I should wear high vis, like probably wear LC. <laughs> yeah, so that that's the thing. It's, it's just like enforcing high vis. And my previous manager never did that. He was the the worst manager you could probably think of, actually, and on and all and all metrics. Um, but yeah, simple things like I, I always just wear high vis now. It's just like that's my coat now because it's just I might as well wear this rather than a normal coat. But like, you know, we've got to enforce stuff like that and it does make the team when you when you're enforcing your team to wear high vis it does seem more professional people it feels like people are there to work and not mess around um easier to see people on cctv and stuff as well yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i mean yeah that's why when i do know you know we're changing i've changed quite a lot of different things which we're changing the the warehouse layout a bit um so get rid of the conveyor uh, hit me up if you want a nine meter conveyor. <laughs> um, 
because you sort of realize after testing things that some things just don't work, some things just get in the way. You know, conveyors are good if you can work both sides, either side of the conveyor, it would work. But because our, uh, you know, we do our production or our, you know, packing next to the wall, alongside the wall, we're only using one side of the conveyor. So it just gets used as basically storage. So, you know, we're creating a, you know, just mixing things up. You know, making our FBA tables a lot bigger, so there's a lot more room to prep. That's one thing that I realized with FBA, which slows things down, is our, our surface area to actually prep goods is not that much. And you really want a lot of surface area, right? So you can sort of, you know, any and all your products you have, you just sort of, you can all put it on the, on the table, right? And do it at once rather than trying to find space. So, yeah, we just, we're building a custom table right now. Fun times. Uh, and then just moving all things, all, all the things around. But yeah, it's uh, that's the fun things. I enjoy that. I enjoy putting those sort of things into place and then seeing how things get on, people get on. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, Mark showing us, he says, I wear my habits when I enter the warehouse. Even even I had to wear one when I visited his warehouse. It was a lovely pink color as well. So I might I might invest in some pink wear. Pink habits is, you know, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think I'm the only one who wears yellow. We, I think orange is a cooler, cooler color. So my team will wear, but yeah, quite a lot of people have a color scheme, but I just kind of bought random ones from like Timu and Amazon. So <laughs> now we just have a bunch of different variations. Yeah. Speaking of Timu, Timu, do you, do you do any shopping on Timu? No. I, do you know the funny thing is I don't buy anything online. Oof. This is, this is, this is really odd, isn't it? Like, I think I've said this a few times that I, as I'm, an, you know, I've an online business that does three and a half million pounds a year and I don't buy anything online myself. No, I'm I'm very much a go to a shop kind of person. I particularly yep. clothes. I, I just can't be bothered with buying clothes and, and then they're not fitting and I just never send them back. So I'm very much a um I think if it's sort of like I do buy like everyday items online. So business we buy business bits online like stationery and packing supplies and stuff, but Anything I buy for myself, I always like to get it in person. It feels like more of an occasion as well when you actually go somewhere to buy it. So, yeah. But then I can also tie in a bit of retail arbitrage. So, mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm big on Timu. Getting a lot of, like, the electronics. Bought a sort of desk, desktop um, barcode scanner. So, rather than having a... Oh, I bought this as, like, a handheld scanner. We're moving to, like, the, the desktop one. So, like... You know, when you go to Audi and Sainsbury's, you scan the products there, uh, where it's it's, it's affixed on on the desktop. So moving to those scanners, so that rather than having to pick up and, and scan an item, they can just sort of, you know, scan it like it's Audi or Sainsbury's. But I've been buying all that sort of thing from from Timu, and you know, it's, it's usually about half price it is on Amazon. Um, Really recommend Timu for people who are not using it yet. The delivery is like one to two weeks. You can get all sort of things uh, from there. Um, maybe I shouldn't recommend that because I, I want everyone to. Going to say, recommend people buy on Amazon. <laughs> keep it local. <laughs> yeah, keep it local. But yeah, it's a bit. It's a big hit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris says uniform, even if it's just a high vis, makes people feel more inclusive in the business, along with the team feeling amongst the staff. Yeah, that's that's very unrealized benefit there totally haven't thought about you know it definitely um adds to the team dynamic you know you want people to feel part of your organization and the uniform really helps do that and also and um, if you get branded clothing as well you know think of the, the free advertising every time your staff go to to the coffee shop or the butty van or while out and about you know then it's free advertising isn't it yep yep so again sort of i was thinking of doing that getting my sort of the brand re re uh our brand, you know, branded hoodies, so people walk around and have it on, and it's free marketing. Because someone would look at it and be like, "Oh, what's that?" And that, you know, you might get a few sales that way. Yeah, for sure. I wonder what the return on marketing on that is. The return. I feel like our our Beyond the Buy Box sessions always turn into repricing sessions, and within within ten minutes, we've got a question: <laughs> What repricing do you use? We always seem to end up on the subject of repricing. Yeah, I mean, it's a big one, though, isn't it? It is a big one. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm in the. You know, I'm in the camp of. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter really. It's the only really important thing is how qu quick the repricer is. Is it? Is it? Is it repricing in the the minimum two minutes? And if it does that, then I think you're ninety nine percent there. Yeah. 
So as, as long as it's a real-time repricer and it's uh, matching the buy box and reacting to price changes instantaneous, that's literally the only thing really, that's 99% of what it is. Other yeah. than that, it's like small little algorithms where they might you know, increase the price slightly when you get, start going out of stock and recognize sort of tra- trends where you can maybe get a, you know, a, few, a bit out of it. But the main thing really is just speed and winning that buy box, being reactive to price changes if they, the price goes down within your min and max. And as your price is reacting to that, so it's always has the best chance to win the buy box. That's literally the only thing that matters. I, I think sort of, you know, Channel Max, SDK, they all have instantaneous repricing, I believe. There's probably a few others that, that have that instant one, but they're the ones to go for. Uh, Set Snap is, is so expensive that, I mean, like, it's what, £800, $800 for an account. So, you know, you've got to be doing probably about 100, 200,000 or something like that per month, mm-hmm. I'd say, and above to do that. Because if you're doing 80,000, then that's, you know, that's, that's 1% of your, your turnover. And that's a big, big chunk, which I don't think it will improve your margin by 1%. It might improve it by a touch. But I don't think your margin's going to shoot up by 3 yeah, 4% by using yeah, Snap. Yeah, so, I'm not saying Salasnap's a bad repricer. I know Mark said he uses it, but it, I think for the lot of people, the cost, if you, I mean, we're going to come on to talk a bit about this as well from, from the cost side of it. But I think at the moment, a lot of things cost a lot of money in business in general. Everything's very expensive. And actually, when you break down a lot of these softwares, a lot of these things that you have in your business, actually cutting them out may make you more profit than using them. You know, are these yeah. are these seller snap making you more than eight hundred dollars a month in additional profits? Yeah, yeah, you got to work is, out. Yeah. Go for it. It, it, but is it actually? You know, if you're already doing ten k a month in sales and you're spending eight hundred dollars on a repricer, that that isn't matching in my head. So it's yeah. all it's all relative, and there's not to say that any repricer is any better than others. Some have better features um than others so you know go for the one that works for your business because again i i did try seller snap this isn't this isn't a dig at seller snap it's a very good repricer but it didn't work for my business because our biggest competitor is amazon and one of the things that seller snap prides itself on is not getting into price wars but the problem was is that when we didn't get into a price war with amazon we never sold anything because amazon had the buy box 99 percent of the time so we found that the the repricer in seller snap was not aggressive enough so there's different different strokes for different folks. And what works for one person from a budget point of view, from a sales point of view, doesn't necessarily work for somebody else. So it's 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 just try them. Basically, I'd get the free trials of as many as you can. Um, just, just set them up and see which one works best for your business. Because we all do this business in slightly different ways. We sell different stock. And some reprices naturally work better for other people than others. And, and it's just simply finding which one is, is best for your business. Sorry to interrupt this amazing episode of Beyond the Buy Box, but there's just something I need to tell you about. I'm Matthew, one of the founders of Beyond the Buy Box, and have you heard of The Hive? Are you tired of navigating the challenges of online selling alone? It's time to join a community that understands your journey and has the expertise to help you thrive. Well, welcome to The Hive. Inside The Hive, we're not just a community. We're a mastermind set of individuals committed to your success. Education is at the core of The Hive. With a steady flow of content and weekly interactive live sessions, you'll not only learn about advanced selling strategies, but also discover how effectively to sell across a diverse range of platforms and in various global markets. Network with fellow business owners, share experiences, and keep yourself accountable. Your success is influenced by who you choose to spend your time with. Access invaluable resources from exclusive pre-recorded content to a constantly expanding collection of templates, guidelines, standing operating procedures, and so much more. It's always up to date so you can be confident to stay steps ahead of the competition with the Hive community. Join the Hive today and experience the transformative support you need in the challenging journey of e-commerce. Visit the link below to become a member of the Hive and unlock the door to your e-commerce success. Don't miss out on the Hive advantage. Join the Hive community where success is a collective journey. Yeah. I, I would say Snap, it's not going to increase your sales. 
because there's, there's a limit to, to the Amazon's API of how fast something mm -hmm. reprices. And the only way to get the maximized buy box is to always be, have your price matching the buy box, right? So you can win it over. I guess sometimes you can undercut and stuff like that, but all sorts, every repricer does the uncut, undercutting by one penny. So, you know, if you're actually looking at it, you're only sort of looking to get seller snap if it's going to sort of increase prices when it's optimal decrease in prices yeah. to slightly increase your your margin and then you've got to have to take a good look and, and think it's probably not going to it's not going to bring up your overall margin by more than one percent i'd say i'd say one percent at the very max this algorithm will increase your overall margin and you know one percent of a hundred thousand a month is a thousand pounds so, you know, best case scenario, it increases your margins by 1%. I doubt it. I think it'd probably be more like 0.5, I'd say. That's going to increase your mar your your overall profit by 500 pounds, which is less than the subscription. So that's where it's that's, like... That's 100K, yeah. That's a million, a million pound a year satellites. Exactly. By, by, the, by the maths, yeah. Yeah, so I'd say if you're doing five plus million, three maybe two three plus million then give it a try otherwise definitely it's definitely not worth it i don't think um it might yeah maybe it does increase your margin by a small percentage but you need enough revenue yeah. to make that worth it yeah again and again we're not doubting the effectiveness of the software for increasing sales or increasing margin but what we're saying is a lot of people you know the moment in business this is what i've been saying in, to to the people in the hive and to to people i've been in coaching and mentoring is that things are very very expensive everything is very expensive at the moment and actually um particularly from a financial point of view you know borrowing money is incredibly expensive most people in this business leverage debt to to buy stock what one form of another credit cards um, amazon loans all that kind of stuff and you know, we need to be looking at our costs at the moment. We're, we're in it. We're in a cycle. We're not in a growth cycle. We're in a profit cycle. And if you look at the wider economic situation, the markets, look at all these big tech companies, they're all being pushed to make profit. Amazon, a good example. Amazon is all about it's making profit for its shareholders. Now it's not about growth. And we as small business owners should follow that as well. We should be looking at, right, we're, we're not in a growth phase. Money isn't cheap anymore. Um, and we should be looking at our costs and going, actually, what things are we are we do we have in our business? And do these things actually make us money? Because I would reckon for 90% of people who are listening to this, 10 to 20% of your product and stock makes 90% of your profit. And the rest of the stuff that you do is just noise, distraction, and cost. And actually focusing, doubling down on what makes you a lot of money will probably make your business way more profitable. Even if your sales slide slightly, at the end of the day, we're here to make profit. You know, if you want to post great big sales numbers, that's fine. But at the end of the day, it's bottom line that matters. That's that's the key thing here. Yeah, it's a few things there, and that's like ten percent of your SKUs will will make the majority of your revenue and profit. And I think that's why it's important to to budget every week. And if you're easily hitting that budget every week without trying, then you need to reduce the amount of SKUs you're buying. <laughs> uh, if that makes sense, because you basically on every purchase order, every order, and then you increase the minimum profit per SKU and you're slowly narrowing down to less and less SKUs. You only really go wider if you can't hit hit that budget every week. So if your budget say is thirty thousand or every week or whatever it is, and you're you're managing to hit thirty thousand every week, then you probably have more room to you know narrow down your SKUs SKU count and make your business more streamlined and just have better yeah. lines. Um but yeah it's interesting as well. Maybe we should touch on on lending as well because that is a it's, it's it's getting tr quite tricky now to to scale isn't it mm -hmm. um you know i've still got an amazon loan of you know 13.99 apr but it's over six months um you know i am tempted to take it at some point but it just doesn't give that much space to actually to use that money if that makes sense it's, if it's only six months yeah. um i've used other lenders and they're also coming at like 15 16 percent apr um so it's one of those things where you have to use your profit to, to scale but then the issue of that is that you want to reduce your profit to reduce corporation tax and all that sort of thing so it's sort of like i have a dilemma now it's like do i take my profit out and do a sort of pension contribution to reduce the corporation tax but then obviously i won't have that profit to scale 
and I won't see that money till I'm 58, probably 55, 58. Or do I keep it in and just take the corporation tax hit of 19 to 12, probably about 22, 25%. Yeah. Now for us, um, or do I take that 13.99% APR loan uh, and bank on that still being around in six months and maybe it won't be around and then you'll be like, oh, I, I, put, I just put away 60,000 to my pension that I won't see for 25 years. Damn it. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky one, right? Where you're like you're trying to like figure out and juggle all those things. And it used to be super simple, whereas like money was, when money is so easy to get and it was sort of 10.99 APR loans. I can't remember what they were sort of two years ago, weren't they? Like, um, they so the, low, the lowest one we had, we checked to this before I came the other day. 2020, 6.9% over 12 months. Wait, what's um, that? We had, we had a 12-month loan for 6.9%. From Amazon? From Amazon, yeah, 6.9%. That's unbelievable. So, like, when money was that cheap? Back end of 2020, I think it was about September 2020. Yeah, so the cost yeah. of cost yeah, double, scale. double that. And, and yeah, the thing the is, well, it's, not even, it's not even the rates, but I, I, we used to get offers every three months, like clockwork, could almost to the day go there'd be a loan offer today not had one for over six months now yeah. so you know i just think that amazon amazon lending exists it's still there but i know i know because i did put a post out in the group a few weeks ago so like how, who is actually getting it and people are getting it it does exist you know i know i know a lot, a lot of the lenders a lot of the lower offers have moved to ulen now so if you see i don't i, I don't know what the figure is but from what i've seen around 100k or under seems to be with ulend uh, sort of above that tends to be with Amazon, but definitely that the 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 availability of the loans is is not there. It's not it's not what it was. I don't know if Amazon's lent all its money and therefore isn't lending as much, or maybe it's simply just looking at its returns and going. Actually, a lot of these um, Amazon sellers are you know maybe they're over leveraged or it, it doesn't doesn't want to put its money into into sellers and thinks it's, it's lent enough. Maybe it's risk. Pro- Profiles changed. I don't. I don't know what what's changed with it, but certainly one thing we are seeing is that yeah. the loans are harder to get. They're less frequent, and when they do come through, they're more expensive. So that what that really means is that we, well, if we are taking these financial loans, that we need to be making sure we're we're making money out of them. And again, what we're going to move on to talk about a bit about the arbitrage side is the things that we used to do with buying any and everything at low margins just doesn't work anymore. It, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's because all these companies are refinancing their loans from when it was cheap, right? So all these private equity companies and all these different companies are had these loans from you know three, four years ago, two, three years ago, however long ago, at these ridiculously insane rates, and they're having to now refinance at you know five, six percent or you know a higher rates uh, than they were before. So because they have to refinance, their costs have gone up. So I've seen then. You know, it's going to cost us more money. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's a tough, tough. I'd say if you're beginning from zero, it's it's definitely getting harder. But um, you know, of course, there's there's still lots of profit to be made. I think it's just the 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 ease of scale now. It's just it's hard to to get that cheap financing, and it does does make things a lot more difficult. Uh, where you have yeah. to have a profitable business, and you know, we're going to touch on profit staying in a bit, but that's sort of what profit staying is about. Where you know, trying to find as much profit in the, in the business. And I'm sure when Natalie's here next week or the week after, she'll explain a bit more and you, you're going to explain a little, bit, a little mm. bit, but having a profitable business and finding all these unique ways of listing on Amazon and unique opportunities is, is the way forward. Because, you know, this business still works. It's, it's, you know, still very profitable for us. We're having the best year we've ever had. You know, we're, we're growing still 40% um, a year and, our sales in February are still really good. January was our, was better than our December, um, which is, you know, if things are still really, really good, it's just, yeah, that cheap, cheap financing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Johnny had a dilemma as your age and that's my pension. Yeah. So this is a, a sip, right? So I have, and I just, you know, I always max out sort of stocks and shares, ISAs and you know, one recommendation to everyone is always, max out your that 20,000 a year if you can in, in that ISA keep building and putting in some mm. index that's the, the move isn't it to, to retire early uh, you know it's the fire movement 
they call it financial independence to retire early. Um, but what I'm talking about is obviously I have that 20,000, but I also have a SIP allocation of 60,000 a year, right? Where you can do direct um, company contributions of 60,000 up to 60,000 and it completely wipes off your corporation tax. It goes against your, it's a write-off from corporation tax. So if you had 60,000 pounds profit in your company, you could literally put 60,000, all that into your personal mm -hmm. pension and pay 0% tax. It's, mm -hmm. it's amazing if you have that money and it's, 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 it's a cheat code to not paying tax. Um, a lot of people don't know about this actually, but it's, no. it's, it's actually this is actually pretty golden advice if you're making good good amount of profits to to or even any profit. Just try and park away your if you don't need that money now and you want to save your retirement, then you know put that money directly from your company to the to a SIP. That's that's definitely a recommendation. I, I think everyone should be doing that if they can, um, because it's what you're saving tw up to twenty five percent on corporation tax and you're saving you know 20 to 40 to 50 percent on personal tax as well rather than paying yourself so it's it's definitely definite financial hacks that you mm. know, uk uk business is so good it's, it's just we have it, we have, we have it so nice yeah we have it so nicely yeah yeah um mark's mark said he's still got 13.9 percent the rate doesn't change regardless of size and i've spoken to mark and i can see his loan his loan sizes sizable shall we say very sizable um so it's interesting to know that actually you don't get a better rate the bigger the loan the, the, that seems to be the minimum minimum rate now for amazon 13.9 percent um yeah. i haven't seen anything offered lower than that um, yeah so we have 13.99 apr um over six months so it's like three hundred thousand over six months um but it's just a short amount of time right yeah yeah i don't think we are going to see it go higher personally maybe one percent higher i think no i don't i don't think i think this is this is the peak touch wood please touch wood yeah but but i do think that that the criteria is going to be stricter i think you will see smaller loan offers um because i mean we got offered crazy amounts of money like absolutely crazy amounts of money and like it was way more than like the business should really be taken on and we never we didn't take some of them because they were just like stupid they were like like half a million pound loans on a, on a three and a half million turnover business is just mental. So, you know, we were a bit like, Ooh, actually that's a bit, a bit much. And I think, but I think Amazon's going to dial that down a lot now. I think even the big sellers are going to see their loans being sort of like 200, 250 K on, on sort of two or 3 million rather than half a million on three, 3 million turnover kind of thing. Um, ben says he got 6% from Uncapped yesterday. That's a good rate, definitely. Definitely a good rate. Um, yeah, Rose says she loves the accountancy advice. Doesn't seem legal gray area to get the best deal, <laughs> for sure. Ooh, done that one. Yeah, so um, one of the things we want to talk about today was very much kind of leading into, it's very similar to what we just discussed today, kind of, I think the general business environment is very much about um, profit profitability. And one of the things we've just launched in the Hive as well is the Profit Sting training, which is going to be starting next week. Uh, and this is very much taking traditional arbitrage and making it more profitable, essentially. Um, it's going to be very much about cash flow management, um, you know, much more advanced management styles within your business. And um, we're going to be looking about how you can secure your arbitrage business in terms of having particular brands. I'm sure everybody's aware that in, in arbitrage at the moment, it's particularly difficult from a um, sourcing point of view. A lot of brands are being gated now. I've noticed that three brands we used to sell have been gated in the past two weeks. Um, transparency codes are becoming a real issue for, for the arbitrage market. Um, so I think the transition is going to be very much about moving into your own opportunities through arbitrage. So when we say, is arbitrage dead? Arbitrage is not dead. Absolutely, arbitrage is not dead. And arbitrage is fundamentally taking things from one, one marketplace and moving it to another. But what I think is dead is very much what, what we would have seen um, three or four years ago, five years ago, the, the, the very traditional kind of hands-off approach of a business where you could pass it over to a team of outsourced people who would find deals on Argos on the three for two send them through a prep center and then ship that into um, to Amazon and make money. I, I, I am reticent to say it's dead because there's always life in every market, 
But I think that the most of the people who I see complaining about Amazon are following that strategy of the very simple strategy of get a VA, buy deals from online retailers, send them to Amazon Prep Center. And then, but there's the same thing as 50 other people are doing. And, and they're the same people that are moaning that the prices are being tanked every week and that it's not profitable to run this business anymore. So I think very much that arbitrage has its place, but I think it needs to be done in a much more, um, a much more, a much different way. Yeah, I think so. I just realized I was on mute before. Oh, <laughs> I was just talking about the 6% uncapped loan. That, you would have just carrying on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, that can't be over a year, though. There's no way. There's no way that's a APR, is it? Um, it could be an upfront fee, maybe. Over, I don't know. Oh, it's, yeah, it's an upfront fee. Yeah, upfront fee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think on the. I think you're right. I think you. I think the. I mean, I, I don't know if I don't know how the U.S. market is is, is doing. Um, I'm not really. I haven't really kept too much from the, the, how the Americans are doing. I haven't really had too much from the the, the sellers and how online arbitrage mm -hmm. is working over there. You know, we we've tried online arbitrage in in Germany and we we gave it up because it just wasn't that wasn't really worth it. Um, and yeah, we're finding unique opportunities like. You know what we've what we've taught before in the hive and that is you know cross-border shipments and storing in amazon fulfillment centers that's what we're doing now um and that works really well you know we had a shipment actually that came in two days ago and we sold 25 units in a few hours we're like oh <laughs> this really really works but yeah the, the standard sort of arbitrage doesn't work too well for us um I'm sure I'm sure there is angles and people have worked out worked out different ways of doing it and got really good sources where they managed to make it work. But I think yeah, you're right. The sort of more unique opportunities are the are the way forward for that. Um which is uh yeah, I don't know if Matt, you want to describe a little bit more about Yeah, so I mean one of the things that we're doing we're doing really well on is the import export side to Europe um in terms of arbitrage and again back to what i was saying about doing arbitrage but in different ways taking products from the uk and shipping them to the to the eu and vice versa there's a massive opportunity in that that people just are not tapping into brexit brexit was a barrier but barriers create opportunity if you can overcome the barrier and one of the things that we're doing really well is we're just literally buying uk source product uk retail products and shipping them to europe um and reselling them in europe and we're making higher margins. There's no competition because people can't, people aren't buying them from from retailers anymore in in the UK because an individual is never going to do that. So there's literally an, a a market in just in that side of it as well. And again, the arbitrage works really well with the bundles. One of the things that we we do a lot of in the Hive is creating your own opportunities, securing your own listings. Um, the generic thing has been a big shakeup to the Amazon marketplace because obviously a lot of people used to kind of create their own opportunities or own lessons under generic, but that's now gone. The only way you can get around that is to have a registered brand or an unregistered brand. So a lot of what we're, what we're sort of teaching in the Hive is to help people secure these opportunities so that arbitrage has um, its, own, its place, absolutely has its place in terms of sourcing the products, but then you've got to sell them in a different way. The, the days of I'm going to Argos, I'm going to buy 10 pieces and I'm going to sell them on Amazon it's gone you know it's gone the only way that that potentially could work is from a retail arbitrage point of view in terms of you have supply availability that nobody else has because a lot of products in in retail stores aren't necessarily advertised online but it, it's still a lot more difficult than, than it ever used to be and i noticed retail arbitrage um some of the retailers i deal with the issue isn't the pricing but the issue is the amount of stock in stores um we're finding that i'm certainly finding that there's a way less stock holding as more retailers move to online offerings, um, that just the the quality, the quantity of stock in stores is is much less. So I used to do mega mega retail arbitrage runs, and the, the simpler fact is is that you, it's hard to make them justifiable these days because whereas I used to go into stores and buy you know pallets of stock, it, it just isn't that so much stock holding now. A lot of it is oh yeah, we we only have one or two in the store, and a lot of it's online. So. Um, not not talking from a um, Tesco kind of perspective, perspective, but a lot of smaller retailers, that's the way it's going. And that's where I've always 
talked about in in my training is where you've got to deal with people inside the stores who can get stuff in for you who can let you know where the stock is the simple going around and, and hoping for the best it's just it doesn't really work you say it's all about doing things in different ways yeah i wouldn't i don't know if that's even oa if you're starting to speak to the store managers that seems more almost b2b if you're having those relationships right because it's they're sort of sorting you out on bulk stock and it seems more of a different relationship than the you going in as a customer and buying stuff to 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 flip over to flip um yeah i've never done you know i've never ventured that myself yeah for me it's 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 too hands-on kind of want to be more yeah i i, I don't know i with online arbitrage i i haven't experienced the sort of stock shortage but then again, I haven't ordered from a retailer for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's definitely still, still opportunities, isn't there? Of course. There's, there is. there's, yeah, there's, there's there got to be. It's got to be. Um, but yeah, it's just something I haven't really, yeah, obviously being the wholesale, just brand directs. I think there's, there's so much, there's still so much opportunity in that. But, you know, that's, a, that's coming later in the year, isn't it? <laughs> yes absolutely yeah that's another thing that we're exploring as well we're doing direct brand deals you know um someone's meant to said interesting how would i learn about selling uk products in in the eu is that in the hive yes we've got a complete module on selling um uk products in europe and importing from europe as well to sell in the uk um and again one of the big opportunities that that we discuss in there is that brand brand management deals essentially European brands, UK brands, you know, you offer to sell their products either in Europe or sell their products in the UK, but it's more from a UK perspective, you know, a lot of EU products, um, brands can't, don't want to sell in the UK, you know, um, this is one of the big things about Brexit, I don't want to make it a political debate, which is why it was so stupid is that you have access to 26 other countries, why are you going to make a lot of effort to sell in one, unless it's absolutely core market, which for most it isn't. It doesn't mean that there isn't a massive opportunity there for people inside the UK to take these European brands and bring them over to the UK and sell them on Amazon in the UK on a much more exclusive basis. So there's a lot of opportunity out there in the Amazon space, in business, in in wholesale, in B2B and in arbitrage. But you've just got to think about doing things in different ways. And it's it's a bit more advanced, it's a bit more work, but the reward's a lot better. I think that's what one of the things we really push in the hive is we're not we're not interested in the lowest hanging fruit, really not. The simple buying from from one place and selling it on on Amazon FBA, um, it may work, but for most people it doesn't work. You've got to think about these opportunities a bit more outside of the box, a bit more with a bit more longevity. Yeah, yeah. Just a few questions. Um, well, actually, one question. Uh... Someone says the best OA is in the USA. Yeah, so I don't sell in the USA, but I have heard that OA is pretty good in the USA. But again, the thing, the reason OA works probably better in the USA is the sheer size of the marketplace. You know, if you can source things in, in Walmart in one state and sell them on the other side of the country and through Amazon, obviously there's not that, you know, the size of the country makes it much more viable. The problem with the UK market, as you, you always hear in wholesale, is too small. Um, and therefore that's why, you know, the same deal you buy in, in Tesco, in your local Tesco, is the same deal that everyone else can get. It's not quite the same situation in the US just because of the sheer size of it. Yeah, I mean, it's all a bit different in America, isn't it? Yeah, it's a much bigger marketplace. Absolutely, yeah. A bit different. I was not sure what's going on with that country, though. It seems to be <laughs> that debt crisis is just crazy, isn't it, as well? Because the, but the consumers keep spending, so it's just, yeah. I don't know. I haven't really heard too much from the people in the Amazon space in in America. A lot of it sort of all the sort of so I, I guess people are taking January's off, but I don't know. All the bigger sort of social media accounts I haven't really been hearing too much about recently in America. So I don't know how it's going. Um, maybe I'm just not haven't got the right audience. But if you're selling in America, then how's how's it going for you? Just any problems yeah, recently? Just let us know. Um, obviously about. A year or two ago, as a big movement, people selling in America. But unless I don't, I don't know what happened. But that, those sort of courses and that sort of information sort of died down. Obviously, Natalie had the issues in America, which I think she's what was it a declaration? What, which was it? Was the issue again? She had an section three, section three suspension. Section three. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I don't know if that 
quieted everything down in America or scared people off. But um, yeah, if you're selling in America, I'd be curious to know how it's going. I don't, I haven't heard, I haven't heard anything uh, regarding the American market for a while. Um, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's the problem. Yeah, Ben's asked a question. He says, I've clicked all the options selling items in Europe, but have yet to get a single European sale. Is there any settings I may be missing? Um, reach out to me, Ben. I'll have to. We'll have to have a look at it. it this could be a, a myriad of things that could be causing the sales uh, not to not to hurt happen. Um, it's just to, just to clarify as well, when you sell on Amazon, there's two kind of um, fulfillment methods in Europe. So there's EFN and there's Pan EU. So EFN is selling stuff from the UK to Europe, uh, whereas Pan EU is you send stuff to Europe to sell in Europe. Now Pan EU is by far the more profitable and effective program by by country mile. There's no real comparison. But there is cost involved, time and effort to get the pan EU set up. Whereas the EFN is literally you click a few buttons and and the, the offers go live. But because it's coming from the UK to Europe, there's a lot more restrictions on what can can and can't be sold. Um, and also there's a lot much higher fees because obviously the shipping, um, you're not getting volume shipping because you're shipping every order individually rather than in bulk. So um, a few different things to look at. But yeah, Ben, if you reach out to me afterwards, I can certainly have uh, a chat to you and See if we can sort that out for you, definitely. Yeah, I think there's always a bit of a difference, isn't there, between EFN? We haven't done too much EFN. Um, we've been speaking to a few different carriers trying to get Europe back on board and trying to go direct to, to Europe. But it's just, yeah, it's a little, I'm always just a little bit nervous with it because of, um, you know, every time we used to send stuff to Ireland, it'd always get rejected by Impost. I don't know if they sorted that. I don't know if it's actually reliable international couriers now where it, yeah, everything goes smoothly. Um, I don't know if there's a carrier that's actually really worked that out. Uh, I know every, it's been to every, they've, they've, they're opening a few fulfillment centers in, in Amsterdam and in, in Holland, I believe, um, yeah. potentially Germany as well. And what every going to do is offer, I think either merchant fulfilled or seller fulfilled prime from their warehouse in in netherlands to, to ship out to all of amazon in europe so that's something that's they're trying to do as well i think every are trying to do that sort of third party feel like prep center fulfillment side quite quite heavily but yeah they're trying to that, that's, to that's well. the route we're going this year we're going for the third party approach we're looking at setting something up in the netherlands uh, in the next couple yeah. of weeks where we essentially ship goods on mass to the netherlands and then they're distributed around the eu from there it's far and away the the best way to manage it, simplest way to manage it. And reach out course, to every. yeah. And the, I mean, the beauty as well, when you do that is it's not just because we're not, we I'm very much multi-platform. It's not just Amazon. You know, if you think about it, you can, you can then do eBay orders. You can do your own website in multiple countries. So it, it, it's all about opening those doors. And once you, once you get the European set up, right, then you can, you can access multiple markets, multiple platforms, and essentially what you can do is just take, this is back to what I was saying before about doing what works and doing more of it. Take what's working in your business and replicate that in Europe. You know, take the best bits of the business that's working really, really well, making you loads of money and just copy and paste that into each European country. You could 10X your business and make, make way more profit rather than adding in multiple layers of complexity and adding in all different product lines and sourcing different categories. If you've got a really good product or a really good niche that's working well, well, let's just take that, copy and paste it into Europe, copy and paste it into America, rather than necessarily trying to go, well, the only way to make more money is to sell more products. And and that's, I think, that's it's changing the mindset. But this year is going to be very much a mindset shift away from more is more because more is not always more more sales the only thing that's certain is more costs that's absolutely the only thing that's true you know and and sometimes actually focusing down doubling down on what's working really well in that business and replicating that in other countries or trying to scale that side of the business and cutting out all the noise all the rubbish all the other things you're doing that may bring in revenue but do they actually make your profit that would be my question. If we can cut some of those out, then actually we can make a way more profitable business uh, than than just by simply doing more. Yeah, different marketplaces, channels. We've just got onto TikTok now. Um, I, the the problem with TikTok is the listing creation is quite quite manual, quite tricky. But once you've got that up, it's it's, it's quite good. But um, 
yeah, me being me, I've, I've automated the, uh, <laughs> the TikTok, uh, ship, uh, product uploads now. Nice. So, you know, what, what you can do now, which is pretty cool. And I think I've spoke about this before is if you use the open API, um, you know, you can use chat GPT program, um, you know, in, in a script instead of having to type it in. So you can sort of pre-program, you know, chat GPT to sort of fish out the, what you want. So, you know, I've, I've had, you know, my TikTok product uploads now are pretty, pretty good where, um, you know, we can automate the product descriptions. We can automate what the different product attributes are for that listing as well. Um, you know, it will pass all the information and get in the correct format. And then I can now just take information from my warehouse system, um, and then put it directly on, on TikTok with a really good listing as well. So, you know, the TikTok is a, is a, is a big channel that everyone go into and, you know, I'm trying to explore it now to just try and get onto mm -hmm. that. Cause you know, if you speak to anyone who's under the age of 18 and ask where the last thing they bought, what, what channel did they buy from last? They'd probably say TikTok. It's becoming Timu. like the... Timu. Timu is the big one in my warehouse. I've all, all the stuff with Timu. <laughs> Timu, yeah, Timu and, and TikTok. So t yeah. TikTok is very good as well because you know buying products from TikTok is very cheap right now because TikTok are throwing a bunch of promotions in and discounts that they're I paying the for. Were like one percent when I looked, they were last. They were like one percent seller fees on most products for the first for the first but, either amount of sales or amount of time. I can't quite remember exactly what it was, but they were really cheap. I think it's first three or six months it's like 0.8 percent yeah and it goes up to five percent uh which is yeah really really cheap and then when you put shipping on they will discount that sometimes take that off completely to the customer so that the customer's only paying sort of so you have you put a product for two pounds and your shipping is three pounds 49 or whatever it is TikTok will do a discount with a offer you know three pounds off the shipping or free shipping so that product only costs two pounds to the person buying on TikTok, so TikTok are offering crazy deals right now. So I think if you can get on TikTok and work up that out, I think it's the next, it's the it's the thing right now that it's the move. And I'll report back soon and let everyone, let everyone people know how how it's going. You know, I've got I've got a friend, a few friends selling sort of like twenty to thirty items there a day, sort of thing. Um, you know some of the bigger companies I know are doing like 80, 90% of their revenue through TikTok now. So it's definitely the, it's good. It's a new thing. It's a new thing, isn't it? TikTok. Yeah. Um, but yeah, quite a tricky API. So if you are going to build it, then you might need to get a good developer to do that for you. Not someone from Fiverr probably will be able to, might struggle, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good little channel, but yeah, you're right. Just taking existing listings and, Good front lines and put it into Europe, America, different channels. Well, I know other other platforms exactly doing what you do well and, repl and replicating the success, taking your best selling listings in the in the on Amazon, putting them on eBay, putting them on TikTok. Someone's just mentioned on buy as well. I'll talk about that in a moment, but yeah, on buy is another potential market as well. So there's loads of opportunity to simply replicating what does well, and I think people really overcomplicate this business and, and they think that they have to do more sales to make more profit well yes you have to do more sales but adding more product lines in adding more staff adding more more warehousing more loans more more debt isn't necessarily the right way to make more profit i don't even know what happened to Umbai. is is, is people <laughs> buying from Umbai still uh. um so yeah i, I know and i just got I me mean, just jump back to this one because i know mark said it he he's going to make it his global hq with the netherlands back to the european thing last corporation tax that's a good one good one for you johnny you'll like that um scott yeah. loves every as well but he says that they don't um scan things at the warehouse you've moved to every haven't you yeah now. yeah so in scott's case um because he's down south the nearest hub to down south would be something like near Heathrow Airport or near Gatwick Airport. I can't remember which one it is. But basically, the the hubs are not located ideally if you're down south. So oh, basically, okay. they have to then ship it to a whatever it's called, like a depot, like a shipping depot, and then it gets yeah. transferred from the shipping depot to the to the hub where it's actually finally scanned. Okay. So what happens there, and they're aware of the issue, is that it won't get scanned. Um, until after the cutoff time. So for us, we go straight to the, the hub in 
rugby or whatever it is or Coventry, I can't remember it is. There's a big rugby. one in rugby just on the M6. Yeah, just off the M6, isn't it? Or it's just on the, yeah. on the M1 or the M, where the M1 and the M6 meet. About that yeah, something, something yeah. like that. And it's like, yeah, we're about 30, 40, 30 minutes away from there, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we can just, it's really good for us. They love it. Um, where we just put pallets on you know, on the truck every at the end of the day, and it, it's been working well since. And, um, you know, every is, is, is good. They, they've, their SLAs have improved to over 99% for next day now. So, you know, they had a really bad reputation, but they're actually got one of the best records right now for on-time delivery. Um, so I definitely recommend every if you can move them. The only thing every really kind of sucks for is, is cash flow. And the reason I say that is because you have to buy every label through buy shipping, which just obviously reduces from your balance. So your disbursements will be less. So you're basically getting yeah. no sort of credit terms. With Amazon shipping, uh-huh. the credit terms are insane, like so good. But the account management is is, is just terrible with Amazon shipping, unless you're probably doing, you know, a thousand plus a day, um, and in that sort of tier, or one thousand two hundred plus a day in that sort of tier. But uh, you know, so far every is super simple. Amazon shipping, I don't really get what they're doing right now. You know, on a Monday they bring like six fans. And they'll all scan each individual product at my warehouse and it'll take them like half an hour, 40 minutes, and there'd be like six of them doing it. And I'm just thinking like I could probably get cheaper costs, cheaper shipping if you just optimize this and put stuff straight on a pallet. Um yeah. So if you have a business account directly, they offer two weeks credit line. Well I think yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. Well, I I don't know. I've I've asked, and as far as I'm aware, it just comes directly from your buy shipping account. I'll ask my account manager if there's a way around it, but um, it just gets reduced from your balance on Seller Central. Is my experience for it for this? This is like an Amazon every account. It's not like a corporate or business account. It's like the actual um, Amazon Direct sort of thing, where all your volume is. This is just Amazon volume. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. They put me on like the super tier rate. And it's 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 fifty p cheaper to fulfill an item, which is ridiculous. That's but nice. uh, just the cash flow is just a bit bit rubbish. Yeah. Um. Nice new one in Barnsley. Um. Is that who said that? No one has the. No one has Streamyard. Everyone needs. To no, I know. Yeah, you need to like to tick it off. Can you get the Streamyard because all we can see is Facebook user. <laughs> Where's Cindy to to pick up <laughs> to give the link? Yeah, yeah, Cindy, where are you? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> um, if you have a business account directly, you have it off for two weeks. Um, I do not use buy shipping through Amazon. Yeah, so you have to like we use Seller Fulfill Prime, so you have to use the buy Amazon buy shipping um, courier codes. And I, I I'll speak to us any webbed in credit terms but or anything like that but as far as, as, far as i'm aware and from what i've got you can't um i use that api link their booking portal yeah i think again i'm not sure if that is for seller fulfilled because you've got to buy buy shipping through the actual amazon portal to actually get that 98 percent plus metric that's required um the tiktok shop are you going to use every two no i don't have a direct every account i just have the amazon every account so I'm just going to use, um, no, I'm not using fulfillment by TikTok. I'm just going to do direct from here. I'll look into fulfillment by TikTok. I don't know too much about it, to be honest, yet. But I it's didn't just going to be direct. I didn't know they were doing their fulfillment. That's interesting. Yeah. So I, the one thing I've gathered from TikTok right now is even though if you put your shipping template, template as next day, it's still showing as like five to seven days. So right. I don't know. I've looked at other competitors as well. And it seems to be the same. Not sure what's going on there, but I'm still still learning. But yeah, we're probably going to just use Royal Mail or um, Amazon shipping for the for those um, sort of direct orders, not through Amazon, through you know, eBay and Shopify and TikTok. Um, I do have Streamyard, maybe browser updated. Huh. Yeah, maybe something's happened because it does seem like a lot of the users today, yeah, just Facebook users. Yeah, okay. and jump back to this question about on buy. Oh, yeah. So, I've, um, does anyone sell on on buy? Yes, I saw it on buy. Um, it's 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 okay. I think it's probably a fair way of putting it. Um, I think 
for certain products, it works quite well. So refurbished tech items, it's particularly it's niche on um, general consumer goods. I think it's quite good on. I think if you anything out with those two niches, it's probably not really going to work for you. Toys is quite good on there, I guess. Um, but yeah, the traffic, the traffic's quite good, but the, um, we just haven't had many sales. It's just been a bit slow. Um, so I think on buy, if you're selling tech, I think on buy is definitely a platform you should prioritize. Toys may be something you should prioritize. But if you say to me, oh, I've not got my eBay set up yet, then I would say get your eBay set up before you even like consider the word on buy. Um, I think on buy is a platform that's a bit like TikTok in terms of once you've once you've leveraged Amazon, once you've leveraged eBay, then it's a natural progression onto either on buy or TikTok. Probably TikTok and then on buy, unless it's like you say you're in the niche. But certainly, you know, you should get your eBay sorted before you um venture onto on buy. Yeah. How are you marketing your store or listings on TikTok? I think the the best way is organic by creating your own you know videos and stuff in the warehouse it's always gonna be the best obviously the most hands-on approach um you can run catalog ads as well so direct sort of catalog apps ads which will market your products as as well uh you can also set up affiliate commissions as well so you, for each product you can set a affiliate commission and then what you can do is invite collaborators there's a whole affiliate um mm. section of of the app so you can invite relevant uh affiliates to to market your products and then you offer them a commission on every sale um i think those are the sort of three main ones you know there's obviously you know live shopping feeds as well so you can start yes. packing That's what i've seen a lot of people doing since people doing quite well out of that yeah so what you do there is you set up a packing station uh with a background and stuff like that and then you can select up to up to 100 products that you sort of want to um do in that shop so you'll create a back shopping background you put 100 different products in your background and then hopefully you'll get orders from from that that you can start packing orders for people who order directly there so they'll see your order come through you'll see your order come through and then you'll be able to be able to pack it there there and then so you know you probably most people select stuff like prime american goods stuff like that like prime drinks and random sort of cool little snacks and stuff like that usually work the best stuff that's the most visually visually best um yeah, yeah the other thing as well is you can select 100 products and you go around the warehouse and show all these 100 products and you get the buy links as you show the products um that's like the organic way and probably the best way of doing it probably the most fun sort of way of doing it probably the most profitable as well because you're not giving up any any commission doing that essentially are you yeah precisely precisely um so yeah, we're, I'm still trying. I'm still getting on that. I mean, like, like we're not. I'm not an expert by any means. I've just done, just done some research. Uh, I've only literally last night worked out how to programmatically like automate TikTok product listing uploads because it took me about last this weekend. I sort of did all the code for that. So now that's actually working properly and got my sort of stock sync working as well. So you know, again, I, I'll report back probably in the hive or by you know. In, in in the actual main channel about how I'm doing. And hopefully it won't be zero when I report back. <laughs> no, I, think, I think the momentum of TikTok is is by its very nature going to make it successful. Um, and also, you're early in the platform. And obviously, like they say, people say, when was the best time to start Amazon? Well, 10 years ago, yes, was the best time to start Amazon. But the second best time is today. So the same with TikTok, you're quite early on in the platform's development. So TikTok really only came out four years ago as a platform. 2020 was when I really sort of first started hearing about TikTok um, during during lockdown. So it's quite a new platform, really. So, you know, if you if you are getting on there now, you are going to be getting first mover advantage and you can really make some good ground while there's a lot less competition on there. Because I'm sure in a couple of years' time, there'll be groups dedicated to starting businesses on TikTok. If, it, if the momentum's going the way it's going to carry on going. So if you can get first mover advantage, you've got all the tools in your business, I definitely think it's um, one to get on. Yeah. I mean, there's been shops in there for about a year or so, but you know, if I look at my Amazon competitors, not not many are on TikTok. Yeah. So there's a very small percentage of your competition who are on TikTok right now, and I think it's, it's worth getting on to. Because, um, mm. you know, I think you're not on 
you know, me and you haven't been on TikTok yet, really. Uh, but it's something you want to look into because it, it just doesn't it does make sense. Um, yeah. But you know, like it's it's still like a small percentage of competition on there. And I think if you're very creative, like being in front of like the camera, like someone like Hayden probably would kill it on TikTok shop because he's he loves being he loves filming himself. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> no offense to Clyde. <laughs> no offense to Clyde, but he would, he would probably kill it. Someone like that, you know, the Luke Corwells and stuff like that. Then. Yeah, I know they're doing well on their personal accounts, but TikTok shops as well and live packing and stuff like that. It'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just get really enthusiastic about it and start packing. I'm up to one myself, to be honest, because I I I I I have just researched it, but I need to create that sort of backdrop, you know, because I can't do it here because like it's a window, but I was gonna make upstairs and do a little backdrop and okay. see how see how it works and I, I invite everyone here to to come to my live, so it's not just zero people in it. <laughs> Artificially increase it and get people to buy some stuff. But yeah, I, I, the concept's cool for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really it's a really interesting thing, and it's it's felt it's almost like I saw I saw a few lives. It's very much like the shopping channel, isn't it? It's the twenty first century shopping channel in a way. You know, think... you said you're going on, but you, the difference is it, it's a lot more personable because you're buying from the actual company direct and i think people build up that real rapport and i think it, it's got the power to build brands tiktok unlike any other platform amazon particularly amazon is a machine and amazon is very good for making money on but you're never going to be able to really build a brand on amazon you know i, I reckon if you went around the street and said to people do you know where i'm where half your amazon stuff comes from they say it's from amazon they don't even realize third party sellers exist yeah hard to stand out on amazon as as a brand which is where your tiktok really has that that leverage over the other platforms in that you can you can be there on the platform and people are seeing you as a business owner yeah absolutely um yeah it's gonna be the next big thing i think like even nasty i know she doesn't like to pack orders but <laughs> I just like walking to an audience for a, a few hours and Okay, to just talk just on our own. Nah, nah, born TikToker, but a born TikToker right there. Born TikToker. <laughs> um, she's gonna do that for. Yeah, I think that's that's the that's the move. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we can talk about more about TikTok. But uh, Matt, we just reached the hour. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna ask this question: Is anyone going to the packing fair at the NEC twenty first, twenty second? Don't know if anyone's going. I'm I'm personally not going, but um, if anybody is, if you've, I think this is great for bundlers private label brands if you're trying to look to build uh decent packaging for your custom pack packaging for your product definitely well worth a look um, i'm sure you'll meet lots of niche suppliers i think a lot of people tend to go to kite there's nothing wrong with kite they're probably not the cheapest on the market or the most bespoke because they're such a big company so definitely potential in that i would say if that's your if that's your bag yeah aliexpress and stuff like that's always good alibaba obviously <laughs> To make it worthwhile, you could order sometimes a full truckload uh, <laughs> of a, a full container. Um, but yeah, I think Kite's actually is actually pretty good pricing. Their, their prices came down recently as well, which is really good. Yeah, um, they are they are competitive. Of, they are competitive. For packaging sure. is starting to go down in price. Which good, is, good, good thing. <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, someone said I, I I didn't even think about selling on TikTok, and I make the videos on there. Well, there you go. Loads of value out of today's today's um, Beyond the Buy Box. But yeah, this will say there's so much opportunity on on TikTok for selling. So if you if you've got a brand, you've already you've already heads and shoulders above the competition because you actually understand the platform and you understand the TikTok and hopefully some of your videos are doing well already. So therefore you could definitely translate that into um into sales conversion for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting times. <laughs> right. It is actually, you know, it really yeah. is. It's a really interesting time. I think we are going through a bit of a change in e-commerce. I think what it, this is always how it is things always come and go opportunity comes and goes and, and the opportunity was we said for arbitrage i think is going i think truthfully traditional oa arbitrage the opportunity is going but there's new opportunities always appearing we've discussed so many of them today the european opportunity because of brexit the usa market taking uk products to, to the usa and sourcing within the usa because of its size and, and market share the tiktok opportunity we've mentioned on buy mentioned ebay so opportunity never disappears opportunity just dis just just changes yeah absolutely absolutely um yeah cool 
Right, that's been fun. I've, uh, I've enjoyed talking about all these different topics. It's uh, always exciting. There's a, there's a few cool new things, new new players. You know, every TikTok call taking over and becoming the the, the new you know, the new kids. Not not really the new kids on the block because obviously every like one of the biggest, but yeah, they're getting. If you have a new ace, they, new they're doing, they're doing game. the same things in different ways, aren't they? They're, they're, they're just, just improving. They're just becoming improving. such a good business now, and ninety nine percent, they're smart. They're like ninety nine percent SOAs above that for the next day last month was it's just really impressive so you know and tiktok taking over yeah i really think there's some really good new opportunities that people need to look into and yeah like like i said exciting times for sure yeah for sure for sure uh, thanks right. for today guys thanks for, for joining us uh and we will see you next week cheers everyone bye-bye